Welcome to episode 70 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Brian. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Disney+, Plus. wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are primarily talking about the new Netflix film The Grey Man, starring Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, it's kind of a good time, so we, we we talk that through. We also talk about upcoming Marvel news, some of the early stuff coming out of San Diego Comic-Con at this point. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Head over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and rate, review, like, subscribe. All those good things really help us out. Try and tell a friend about the Endless Stream. That would really help us out as well. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at the Endless Cast, where we put up clips and art to go with each episode. And that's a good place where you can send us a message if you like what we're saying, if you disagree with our opinions, if you want to suggest something for us to watch. That's a good spot to do that. And you can also send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. Over there, same thing. Send us a suggestion, something to watch. Tell us you disagree with us. That's the place to do it. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. So my brother came into the office yesterday with uh, JPEG proofs of what my father's gravestone will look like once it's engraved. And, you know, they, they mock up an overlay and go, this is what we're going to do. This is the font. And here's room for one more, room for one more, room for one more. And then he pointed at the second one and went, that's you. That's what you've always wanted, isn't it? So uh, it's good to know that I'm factored into the family plot. I mean, you keep talking about being fed up of all this, you know. What's what's it like seeing it uh, in red stone? Not great. Not great. It's not. Okay. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not great. Um, I think I'm more like shot out of cannon, buried at sea. Can't find me if you went looking for me, kind of scenario. You know, at least. And that, know, that, I, there's room I, for I a find sequel, that very obviously as well. That's kind of what you're hoping there. You just don't like the finality. You don't want to see. Finn, Aiden O'Sullivan will not return. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I just think the um, the the box in a field somewhere thing is pretty grim, especially surrounded with so many other boxes and fields. You know what I mean? Like that's a bit fucking rough to me. You know, no box, um, cavity in the chest, tree seed in your chest. Yeah. Put you underground, have a tree burst out of your, your open cavity. That's a bit of annihilation, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But you keep breathing that way, <gasps> in a way. You've thought about that. It's beautiful. You've thought about I have. that. <laughs> uh, a little bit of thought. <laughs> How was your week, Brian? I see you got a haircut. Where did you go for that? I, I, got, I got a haircut. I went to... Origin on Drawbridge Street. You, I do recommend. Ask for Fergal. You turned you turned profile there, and I was like, he's got such a youthful boy band look. And then I was like, no, he's Apparently, got a yeah. he's got a, a like late era take that boy band look. You know, what I mean? you're you're a grown ass man, but you're you know looking well. <laughs> Does that make any sense? It's, uh, yeah, it's not very BTS. Yes, yeah, we're not. Um, we're past that. We're yeah. We're we're in our grown ass man phase. Unfortunately, are you are you happy with your? 
I am. I am. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Great. Um, I had went to get a cut kind of on a whim a month ago. Mm. I was just kind of fed up of it. I was like, when, when I look good, it looked good, but there was no... Consistency. There to was it. no method. Yeah. 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 So I was like, fuck this. I'll get a cut. And I went to get a cut to see if... Um, uh, there was a guy who cut it. It was about four or five years ago. He's cut it a few times since then, but he did one particularly good cut. I think it was about four or five years ago. Mm. Um, I was like, I'll ask for him. And they said, he has just had back surgery. So <laughs> he, he'll be out for a while. Right. And they said, we can give you another appointment now, or you can wait. He'll be back on July 20th. And I said, well, that's my birthday. So birthday haircut. Why not? So I said I'd wait until he came back, and uh, yep, uh, came in, sat down. He was, uh, you know, I think it was maybe his first haircut as well, because he was just back that day. I think, or no, maybe he might have been back a day or two. Actually, I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, um, he's like, "What are you thinking?" And I had like a bunch of pictures lined up, and I went to show them. Like he just saw the kind of like gallery view mm. of the few pictures, and he said, "Yep, yeah, fine." He was like, he "Didn't need to look any further. Didn't need." any extra info just had an idea of what I was looking at and then he knew himself what he could or couldn't do with my hair and he chopped away and yep very happy with it I will say it's um, uh, right after I did that drawing of you with the lovely locks as the cover in which you were uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm sorry <laughs> it's so lovingly rendered yeah. and drawn it was, it was very nice sorry um, it's alright it's, I think it's the most sort of like um, Castlevania anime, <laughs> solid, pretty structured. Um, uh, <laughs> you came off well in the drawing, as did Kev. To be fair, well, I think we all did, except you. You know, you kind of yeah, I'm, you were making I'm, a bit of fun of yourself. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm as lurchy as I could make myself. Light, light joshing. <laughs> yeah, I like I'm. I don't know. I'm sort of a hair's breadth. Like, when did I get my hair cut? Probably, I got it. I got it done before the first bag of cats show, so it's got to be three months. Um, it was after you were down here last. Yeah, April March, maybe. So yeah. Um, do I do it again? I don't know. Do I get much more? Nah. Go a little bit, I'd say. All right. Looks good. Looks good. Um, it's a good cut. Thank you. I did. Um, I had. A stand-up set in the Haypity Bridge on Wednesday. I came away kind of annoyed with myself, but I think it got a good reaction in the room. Like that, that Haypity set is. Did you finally say fuck it and just say go full racist comedian? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was yeah. it was it was just three minutes of anti-British sentiment, really. Um, right. It, it was actually. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was tongue in cheek. I was trying to get slightly away from. Um, just dick and bathroom humor um which is you know my milieu um but you can't even call it toilet humor you're that posh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was like that show they do they have six comedians do five minutes and then round of applause somebody wins a prize you know and i don't go into any of these things going i'm gonna win a prize for my stand-up comedy i just but i do like to see like you get a vote in the room as to whether or not people enjoyed whatever you know and when the sort of two or three finalist people went up 
it's a small room. Somebody at a table turned and looked at me and went, why aren't you up there? And I went, well, obviously you disagree with the result, which is a nice shot in the arm. You know, that like, he's like, you should be up there. So it's like somebody was like, they enjoyed it. Because you come away thinking, oh God, nothing there went well. You know, all you're doing is panicking. I stumbled over words. I said it too fast. I was sort of angsty in my stomach, you know. Um, it was so much of it was new. Like, it's kind of the first time I've done new material in that setting. I've, the last time I did um, five minutes there, it was a it was a it was a variation on a set I'd done a few times. You know, I had it was a set that I had tweaked and added and tweaked, so there were new elements, but I knew most of it worked. This time I was going up with stuff I'd just written in the last hour, you know, um, and you know, even before just before I went up, I had a notion of something and threw it at the front of it, and somebody went, "What?" and I repeated it. I was like, "Why am I repeating the joke for the one person that heard it?" didn't hear it like halfway through the sentence i was like why am i doing this um i i just i had an idea of a way to like a silly one-liner and then i went oh i could button that on the other end with this other thing but i didn't even fucking get to the other end of it. but i just went you know when you're done washing your hands in the bathroom and you dry them off on a nearby cat it's just a weird image i'm always surrounded by cats I often think it is funny that like a cat comes up to me wanting pets and I've just washed my hands and I'm like, do you, uh, this is a wet hand on your back. Anyway, like, and then one of my sets ends up in like, you know, bathroom etiquette thing and yeah, it, like the lines. Are, so is that the part somebody wanted you to repeat? The, that first line. Yeah. Right. That, that kind of absurd out of context, surreal bit. Yeah. Throwaway line and you repeated it. <laughs> For the one person in the room that didn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> But I won't do that again anyway. But, yeah, you won't do it again. But okay. because that bathroom section, as you remember, it's, it's you know, um, you know, you have a decision to make. Am I wearing dark trousers? Am I wearing light trousers? How much urine on your shins is too much urine on your shins? Where do they keep their cats here? You know what I mean? Like that was the sort of button on it. I realized I could open and close it with that thing. Um, but I got lighted off before I got to the end of it, <laughs> so I didn't get. To oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just said thank you very much, and off I went. And I'm like, it would have been funny if I could have come back to the cat thing, but I didn't. I mean, you, you took time. a risk with you know some yeah. yeah, with some new new material. Yeah, and the chunk of it that I did that was like really Brexity Britishy. I knew the Haypenny's pretty touristy anyway and even going in in the morning i was like or going in at the start you know there's you know the the mc goes where are you from where are you from and it's like german iceland france british 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 and it was you know a lot of polo shirts and bald heads and i'm like mm, let's see how this goes <laughs> and to be fair they you know to to be fair they tongue-in-cheek laughed at, you know they took the they enjoyed the ribbing i guess um so yeah, that was. But, but like, I just came away, sort of pissed off at myself for rushing through stuff yeah. and not making it. And I didn't doubt the material, and I didn't doubt that people enjoyed it. But I was just annoyed at my own performance. That's been Aiden's stand-up corner. It's my favorite section of the week. Yeah. It's the most exciting thing I do each week. So I like to. I don't know. It is pretty exciting. It's fun. Yeah. Should we should we address the fact that uh, Kevin isn't here? He is here. He's just quiet. Yeah. He's just got indigestion. Yeah. And he's 
trying not to burp. So <laughs> he's on camera. Wave there, wave there, Kevin. Wave, wave there, Kevin. There he is waving. Kevin, yeah, yeah. he's waving. Yeah. He's here. He can speak only through beeps, like that character in Star Trek. Which is a nice little um, convenient thing that you've brought up because I got a message through Instagram the other day from somebody who was like they really enjoyed Strange New Worlds, but were disappointed with the casting of James T. Kirk because we do see a Captain Kirk show up at the end of this series, and I would say that yeah, it's a weird choice because he is neither Pine like nor Shatner like, and who is it? <laughs> we don't even know I the did, name. I didn't even know the name because I just like he filled out the role and he delivered the lines, but like some guy, um, he wasn't, um, because they made up a like <sighs> Paul Wesley. Maybe I need to go and rewatch some original Star Trek because I, I just don't get the sense that he was very Kirky. Um, and the, what's he been in? The the finale of the finale of Strange New Worlds. Oh, that guy. Do you know? Um, Vampire Diaries. Oh, I guess people have right. to get out of that sort of show eventually. He's a bit piney, to be fair. He's kind of piney. He's forty. Pavel Tomas Veselovsky, known professionally as Paul Wesley, born in New Jersey. Wow, he got like he must be. He got a lot of the mother in that name. I was, I, I was going to question, is he like first generation American with, with that much Slav in the name, you know? Slav in the name, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Make it sound so hateful. No, I love the Slavs. Um, he looks well for 40, to be fair. Um, but I just didn't... Well, I mean, he's a good looking person. I just didn't get Kirk out of him, you know? Um, yeah, well, I, mean, I, I can hear that. But he does look kind of like Pine. Mm. A bit places well you know the 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 point that gareth made who is the guy who sends the messages you know ethan peck as spock is great it's good casting you know and but he's a he's a really good spock he's a really like it's like if you took spock and made him fucking pretty but like it's good casting i guess he does a good job paul wesley i just didn't get kirk out of him and it, it's interesting because that last episode of strange new worlds is you know if pike had been in command of the enterprise at this point in history, rather than Kirk, here's where everything would have gone wrong. So it's it's an episode that we know from the uh, original series with a slightly different angle on it. So Wesley is playing Kirk. We can go and look at the episode where Kirk encountered this scenario. Does that make sense? We can side-by-side scenes, yeah, yeah. basically, is what I'm trying yeah. to get at. We can side-by-side scenes where Shatner encountered these scenarios and see how Wesley does it versus him and it's anyway I don't know if I have much point beyond that got a message somebody commented on it we watched we talked about Star Trek it was a good show um, I look forward to more of it I was very happy uh, to see because uh, it was a little future jump for it the the motion picture uniforms like the red jacket with the like high collar like the fold down thing I was like I hadn't seen one of those but I was uh, I haven't seen one of those in ages and I thought it was kind of funny that they felt the need because everything modern has to add texture everywhere. You know, it couldn't just be a like I don't know if it was cotton or a sort of like wool jackety thing. They had to have like like a plastic textured shoulder pad thing now and add ribbing and things to it 
like it's the same general silhouette and color palette but they have to add a little bit of something with like micro patterning of this little emblem and shit on things paramount is very much in the pine business i know they talked about doing another another star trek which is probably going to happen but after the dungeons and dragons trailer yesterday or the mm. was it yesterday just uh, was it early yesterday or was it the day before day before i think i saw it that night Okay. So I watched it on today, Saturday. I watched it Thursday night. That's made very much in the vein of Star Trek. Like the the Pine reboot films. Right. That 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 Dungeons and Dragons movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like Star Trek, but instead of spaceships, yeah. Wizards, dragons. Yeah. That's not a criticism necessarily. I thought like it's a fun trailer. Um it's weird to hear Led Zeppelin remix. It's weird to hear Led Zeppelin anyway because they're pretty protective, or they used to be, mm. about when and where their music gets licensed. And then it's a fucking remix <laughs> of a lot of love on the trailer. It's bizarre, but it's a fun trailer. It was. Um, it, it's. I mean, the, the film's biggest challenge now will be to match that at least once over the two hour runtime. Yeah. Which is no easy feat. So The problem with a film like this for me is the most successful fantasy movies are the ones that take it the most fucking seriously, to me, right? Like, Lord of the Rings works because it just commits to the world completely. Where The Witcher falls down for me is where it starts sticking its tongue in its cheek. I enjoy The Witcher when it's like, you know, when they, when it's dealing with the, um, oh, what's the name of the, 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 the witch? Um, the Striga? Um, in that episode, like the couple of the Monster a Week episodes where it's deadly serious. Awesome. Love it. When it gets a little bit like tongue in cheek, which is probably true to the video game and, and starts making fun of its fantasy self. I get a little like, can we please just commit to it? You know, um, I, I realize that people are having fun and that's my hang up. But same thing with uh, the what was the Duncan Jones movie uh, based on Warcraft. The, Warcraft, is it? Yeah. Like that again, there's a lot of like knowing nods to, you know, the modern world in a video game or in that wasn't a good film though. Yeah, but that's what I worry about. That just wasn't a good film. That's what I worry about Dungeons and Dragons being. Once it starts sort of nodding and nudge nudge wink winking and tongue and cheeking and I I I think as well though there it's no mistake. The point I'm getting at here is it's a post Ragnarok fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's no mistake that they both feature Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin yeah. very heavily. So it's very much as like who who else can play blonde himbo? Uh what about it this other Chris? Yeah. Like it's it is that calculated. Yeah. And here's a um, it's going for more of a it's going for more Ragnarok kind of fantasy, less space stuff, more sword and sorcery, but it's it's still very much the the vein is trying to tread. So here's the the my. I don't know. Maybe they do it, and I'll laugh my whole off. Maybe um, it's a worst case scenario. Maybe I'm just making shit up. Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of like, you know, you know, it can be as serious as you want to take it. But like, I know a lot of people that play it with like, you know, you know, he's a thief, but he's got like 1970s black exploitation film vibes. To you know what I mean? Like, you make up your own characters. You get to have a lot of fun with that, right? And and 
we've established that Chris Pine plays the loot. He's a bard, basically, then, as a, a character class, a bard thief. Um, what are the chances that he causes a distraction to allow people to sneak through something or other by playing a whole lot of love on the loot? Well, he's definitely going to play something, mm. whether it'll be a, yeah, it'll be a, you know, yeah, whether it'll be a licensed song or not, who's to say? Yeah, he's going to use his magical loot playing at some point to distract or, you know, MacGuffin plot point something or other through. And will you be disappointed if he doesn't? That's the question. I think I, I think it, Jesus Christ. No, I wouldn't be disappointed if he didn't, if the film is solid without it, if that makes any sense. Because I, I find this tongue-in-cheek post-Ragnarok thing that you mentioned is not necessarily good. And it, it like, I definitely watched the trailer and went, it's been a while since I've seen a shitty throwaway fantasy movie that I can completely not watch. You know what I mean? Like, like Nicolas Cage and his witch-fighting era. And I'm sure there's some um, uh, Jason Statham sword and sorcery thing as well where he's a medieval knight and there's a few of those sort of films where it's like you know somebody spent a lot on special effects it looks pretty dark and grim and it maybe it made its money back but i never watched it and i don't care about it and they all fall into a gray mess of medieval shite that i'm not too bothered with I might watch it on a plane or something you know what i mean am i being yeah, too harsh like I, 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 I want it to be i good. was impressed it looked fun i was impressed with a couple of the shots in it where there's sort of a bare minimum for like your background green screen set, yeah. you know, um, and you can kind of tell instantly and like you can still tell. But there was a couple of shots in this where it's pretty clear that they didn't say that's good enough. Move on. Mm. Like they they're committed to making that world more than just yeah. you know, green screen backgrounds and stuff. Um, and I think that's kind of clear, and I hope that is representative of the rest of the film, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that, w- that was a thought that occurred to me as well, because I think back to watching the original Dungeons & Dragons movie. Was there Were there one or two of those things? I remember one with Jeremy Irons in it. Um, but There was an older one. Um, there was the one with Jeremy Irons, and then there's a Dungeons & Dragons thing from the 80s or late 70s I think as well possibly early 80s um, who was in that I'm trying to remember well it's Tom Hanks in it in Dungeons and Dragons film what hang on I'll look that up yeah. say what you're going to say and I'll um, I did have this thought through it like my immediate reaction was to dismiss this but I was watching it and I was like you I was going wow the the special effects technology has come on so much since that first Dungeons and Dragons movie that this movie can be in my head I was putting them on a par these are both as equally throwaway but now this one looks pretty damn fucking good now if it just actually is good on top of that we'll be laughing I like Chris Pine I liked the the bantery moments I like the idea of a band of thieves being I don't know I want to like it Four college students become immersed in fantasy role-playing games causing tragic results based on Rona Jaff's book. 
Mazes and Monsters. Right. I've never seen it. That's Tom Hanks. It thing it's it's yeah, it's not exact it's a made for television TV drama. Okay. Um I don't know how is it a case that they get sucked into a game or is it that they're playing a game and stuff starts to happen around them? But that doesn't really count anyway, does it? But no, no. like I another example is you remember the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian? Mm-hmm. You know, that got made, that got released. That's you know, gone in the ether. Somebody owns that on Blu-ray. That was a pretty low effort. Yeah. Like that. That was quite quite low budget. Yeah. He was a good cast for the character. Have you seen the um trademarks filed for a bunch of Marvel stuff? You sent through some images there and I wasn't quite sure what they were. I mean, I had a notion what like that they are a list of titles, but like I guess I would thought I'd save it and come to you to tell me if these are you know, are these a sequential list? Is this them dropping a lot of red herrings at the same time and one or two of those are accurate and you know what I mean, that sort of thing? Um, so what's, yep. what's the list of names we've got there? So the list I've got here, let me just pull it up. We have Avengers Secret Wars, Avengers the Kang Dynasty, Captain America New World Order, Multiverse Saga, Thunderbolts, and a couple more. Uh, Avengers Eternity Wars, Captain America Red, White, and Black, Nomad, and Celestials End of Time. Those are trademarks. Mm. Not necessarily all films. Yeah. But gives us some indication of where things might be going. Interesting. So Nomad was an alias adopted by Steve Rogers when he left the role of Captain America. And we've basically, that in between Civil War, Infinity War period is what they've referred to as the Nomad costume. When his cap suit was all sort of scraped up and they removed the star and stuff. I don't know that they'd be doing that with him. Cause I don't think they would back. do a film set between mm. those. However, I mean, whatever Bucky is now, he's not the Winter Soldier. He could be Nomad. Or if we follow a um, Falcon Captain America arc, we could see him becoming Nomad. There's nothing to say that that moniker has to be Steve Rogers, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think Evans will be back at some point, but it'll more than likely be for something like Secret Wars, I think, rather than a a Nomad film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's something where they can pull him out of time. Um, I've always... Well, I've kind of hoped that it would be a... Um, I think I've said to you that, like... Uh, our our next end game level film will be the moment where there's a portal and out comes Tony Stark and out comes Captain America and out comes um, I'd love to see it uh, it's it's a kind of a running gag but also like clearly a um, clearly an actual bugbear for Conan O'Brien he mentions it a lot is like 
a portal in the sky opens is immediately where he checks out on any movie because the minute a script has portal opens then fucking anything can come out of it and nothing matters that's his line in the sand for shit and he sort of puts all superhero movies as portal in the sky movies um, which I can see but also uh, get over it. it's fun um, yeah also you want a sense of anything can happen as well hmm. you know you can do that without it breaking the uh Breaking the drama. So, uh, Kang Dynasty, that's an Avengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just presume they're all real and we're going in that arc. Uh, Secret Wars, that's been on the cards for a while. Kang Dynasty, are they they're both Avengers movies? Yep. Yep. So they can't be within two, three years of each other. Presumably not. So you got to have Captain America, New World Order, great name. Uh, is that is that an arc in the comics? It might be. I'm not actually sure. Um, I think it might be. It sounds familiar, right? Like It's definitely like a pop cultural mm-hmm. QAnon, 4chan, conspiracy theory. But, yeah. Yeah, thing you know, um, red, white, and black again. Great name, but is that when we get into the the historical? What's his name again? Elijah, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. I think so. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolts. Build a good narrative. Put the money into the effects. Get a good director. Like. I think Kang could be a really interesting villain if done right. Yeah, I guess I just don't know enough. I read some of that like more recent Kang stuff. Um with like some there's an arc that has great art with the fucking costume looks amazing. Um but you know, I always think of Kang as just like you know, the waves of Ultron bots, Kangs from lots of dimensions, and yep. a, a villain in the Avengers comic books that just kind of can never be killed, and you're never kind of rid of. Like, uh, what, yep. one of the sort of, like, frustrations reading comics as a young teenager, you know, buying books was just like, oh, it's Kang again. You know, every every 12 it, months, it be another n- Kang bit. It needs to embrace that in a chaotic way, in a way that Multiverse of Madness didn't. And, you know, there's two Rick and Morty people have worked on stuff now. And one is uh, Waldron, who worked on Loki and Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. And the other is, is it Loveness? Jeff Loveness? He's a Rick and Morty writer. Mm -hmm. Um, He's writing Quantumania. Right. And, yeah, I just hope it brings a bit of that. I mean, Rick and Morty didn't invent it, but we see it in Rick and Morty a lot. Just that sort of mad like portal opens character walks out characters immediately shot another version of the character walks out yeah. does something and it does it really well and it needs to go for that type of it can't it can't just do it for the sake of doing it there needs to be a scale to it like it needs to it needs to happen in a moment of like huge dramatic significance and then you know as conan kind of complains undercut it by a portal opening yeah 
but not only undercut it, also just shift it into a completely new, just, you know, flip it upside down. And then the audience kind of knows what the stakes are, knows what's happening. Suddenly a portal opens and it's immediately undercut. Mm-hmm. And then the audience is going, well, anything can happen now, mm-hmm. but not in a, not in a. Well, like even you know, in the, like the Rick and Morty way where like, do they, I'm trying to remember an episode where like they fucked up their universe and Rick just like portaled them to an entirely separate universe. They killed Rick and Morty there, buried them in the backyard or, or they showed up just as they died, buried them and just, just, as they died. just like, this is our universe now, you know, try not to think about the last one. Um, that's kind of funny. Imagine just, yeah. I'm not saying it should go there necessarily, but Kang can come in and, you know, it can be a really chaotic mm-hmm. uh, element to the film. Mm-hmm. And I think she kind of, hopefully it embraces that in a, in a fun, in a fun way mm-hmm. and not. Would the opening of, would the opening of Doctor Strange Multiverse have hit a little better if we hadn't clearly differentiated the strangest of the different universes? Like, they made a point of he's in a different costume and his hair is different and the grey streaks are in different places. But if we had just come in and that looked like our Doctor Strange and he gets killed and then we go to another universe, like, would that have tweaked it just a little bit? I think so. That might have, yeah. yeah. It made it just that little bit weirder for us. That, you know, the familiar but different, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I've, you know, there's nothing to add to that. There's nothing to, but I can see, like, it's from the sort of Rick and Morty mindset, like the the feelings I had where you're watching a Rick and Morty thing and somebody dies and you're like, oh, oh, okay. I haven't been watching my Rick, you know, but like the way multiverse opens, I know immediately I'm not watching my Steven. Um, So I'm detached from anything that happens to him or anything he does. But if I, if I had thought it was him, and then when he, he's confronted with a similar circumstance at the end and has to act, you know, we can see a parallel or a difference in the two, but similar. I know Rick and Morty is a good example for some of that stuff, but there was an episode last season where, like, was it last season where where Rick had made, you know, decoy versions of himself? Decoy families. But yeah. they'd made so many decoy families that we just watched the entire episode and, like, 10 minutes in, I'm like, Nothing matters here. I don't know. I don't know what to. I kind of detached from it then. And then there was a case of we finally, at the end of that episode, you go to who we presume are the Rick and Morty that we've been following. And they are just coming back from the end of the previous season. So it's like, did anything that happened in the last six episodes happen to the people we followed for four seasons? Um,. Did it? I don't know. That show's weird. It did happen because they're with the other Beth. Yeah. So up until they meet her, you can kind of presume that it's the same. It's just from maybe from the start of the season, yeah. not the okay. previous four seasons, but the, the previous episodes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Is there anything else coming out of Comic-Con so far that you've been interested in? I mean, you, the, the X-Men 97, <laughs> like that's not a that's not a teaser or anything to be interested in. That's just a. Like, I, I, was... they, uh, there's a there's a shot of Magneto apparently, and 
what I've read is that he's leader of the X-Men right. now or something. But I honestly don't care. Like that that show is so fucking overrated. I know people like it's just driven by nostalgia. Like I, I I've said this before here. Like we didn't have the whatever channel was showing it at first, we didn't have at home. Mm-hmm. So I'd hear people every day kind of talk about the show. Especially like I was one of the few people in my class who liked comic books. Mm. And, you know, I was like a bit of an outcast for reading comics. And then suddenly everybody in my class was watching this cartoon. And I was one of the few people who fucking still hadn't seen it. Mm. And, you know, suddenly everybody liked it. And my cousin ended up taping a couple of episodes. And I was really excited to watch them. But a couple of episodes in, I was just like, you know, I'm, what, how old? Nine or ten mm. watching this. And I'm kind of going this is janky as fuck. Like, it's just, it's not, not my X-Men. Put it that way. Yeah. It's just, I, 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 you know. I, I, I 100% understand that, that like, I can't go back and watch that show. I've, I've got a great place of nostalgia for it, but if I have gone and watched it, I'm like, oh God. And the promo image they've put up is just a character model sheet. Like, it's 10 characters standing in a line. In front of the background. And I'm like, yeah. they, they don't even sit well Very on the static. background. And it, it, it's we've already seen that image as well. Mm. Get a Jim Lee to draw. You know what I mean? Like, look at a Jim Lee cover. It's always crazy dynamic, you know. Or you know, and I, I feel bad. Energy. Like, the, 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 there's a lot of artists I follow are working on mm-hmm. it and are very excited for us to see it. But I'm just kind of like, oh. well. I'm curious to see if they're trying to match the the, the original shows. It's look, it's an odd choice it's because how many how many X Men cartoons came out after that? There was. X-Men Evolution. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, and, Wolverine the X-Men. and the That's X-Men. That's the same kind of world. That's just an extension. Really. Yeah. Was there another cartoon after that? I don't think so. It's it's just... it It's very... X-Men Evolution was great, though. Like... I didn't I, like that. I, 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 I really it, it, lo- it, looked, it looked much better. It, it, it Much higher quality, but I didn't like it. Yeah. It never made sense to me that they were going to the Xavier School of blah blah blah, but for some reason we're going to a regular high school as well. Like, yeah. there was some weird narrative choices in it, but like I liked a lot of what it did. Um. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious to see if they're going to try and match the like. Is this going to roll seamlessly after those old cartoons, and you kind of wouldn't tell there's much difference to it? Or are they going to have pushed the animation quality quite up a notch? That image of Magneto in that costume, this is me being a real gobshite. Um, I don't even do it that well, but I'm pretty... I'm I'm bad at drawing hands, so I really focus on drawing hands. And if you look at any of the drawings I put up on cover stuff uh, for the, the podcast, I'm pretty... I don't know. They're not necessarily elegant. They're not necessarily um, pretty, but but there is a chunky adherence to the geometry at play in a hand, right? And you can see in that Magneto fist that they've decided to um, entirely forget this knuckle and it just folds in on itself like paper and the thumb is in the wrong place and it annoys me. It's a really tiny thing, and I'm just like, why Why do that? Why didn't somebody call that out? Why didn't you... Especially if you're going to release it as a promo image, go back and redraw that fucking hand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, just me. I, I would love an X-Men show set in that period. And like that, that period was kind of very faithful to a lot of the the comic book storylines. Mm. So, I mean, it's exactly what I would want. It's like, I've read that comic and I'm kind of looking at it animated. But it looks like it is... It looks like it's sticking to it just for the sake of mining nostalgia that people have for the show and that theme tune. Mm. And it's very cynical. And I just don't understand... I don't understand the continued hype for it because if you loved it that much, surely you've gone back and watched it. And you've gone back and watched it, you would have to realize this isn't great. You know, the, the thing of it, it's like, the it's thing like, it's like it loving is, loving Thundercats, you know, loving the intro, loving the toys, yeah. going back and watching it, going, oh God, no, this is bad. I'll just, if I need that hit, I will just watch the intro again. Yeah. And that's enough. Well, that's the thing. And it is it's enough. Like, if, they, you know? if they do the show to the standard of the opening credits, then fucking amazing. Man, the opening credits aren't great. If you do the show to the standard of a modern. To the X Men. The X Men opening credits. Have a look at that WhatsApp I just sent you. Are you talking about the X-Men opening I credits? I like the X-Men opening credits. They're, they're fucking bad. Okay, maybe you're right. You know they're bad. I haven't watched they're them in bad. a long time. Do you see the picture? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's annoying. <laughs> um, it's like it, it, no, when the, people draw people holding guns as well. And they do that. And they ignore the fact that there's something in there. You can't get a closed fist around a gun handle. It has to be open, you know, and then you have to allow for that thumb finger to be out. Like, it's, I, I've put a lot of thought into trying to draw hands well, and I don't draw hands well, but I make sure I draw geometry, if that makes any sense. I just want to be clear, my problem with the show has nothing to do with how they draw hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I obsess over drawing hands, and it, but yeah. This show has bigger problems than that. I don't know. I don't, I, my, my point is I just can't get excited about something that wasn't that good in the first place and it looks like they're trying to recreate it you know, with that much like I, 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 I just don't I don't understand. Other than it being a purely cynical way to mind people's nostalgia. Hands... <laughs> You do love hands. The Spider-Man show looks good. Yeah, it's nice design. At least the nice designs and stuff. Yeah, Um, we'll see about that. But yeah, like the characters they're introducing in that that haven't been mentioned in the MCU at all. So presumably it's MCU adjacent, right? And not actually. So it's it's kind of like. Or MCU Spidey, set before Civil War, but this one, it's different. It's clearly different because Norman Osborn's in it, and there's no mention of Norman Osborn in in the MCU. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think we are getting a Wakanda Forever trailer today or tomorrow. Ooh, because that movie's soon, right? November, I think. That's pretty fucking soon. Did you watch The Grey Man? I did. Good fun. Did you enjoy it? I did. 
Yeah, it was good fun. Um, End of review. Definitely. <laughs> it's definitely better than the, you know, Adam Projects and the Six Underground and uh, all the other Netflix shit. Red. What's it? Yeah. Gal Gadot, Rock, Reynolds thing. That was garbage. Um, the Russos... Yeah, better than all those. The Russos have produced some middling genre stuff that is fine to watch. Like, there's definitely a quality to their stuff. You know, like, uh, what was the one with uh, 21 Bridges? Is that it? Uh, with Chadwick? So, yeah. um, they, they, they've produced <coughs> a couple of things like that, which are just like, you know, tense, modern-y, action-y things. And, you know, they're the producers on it. So, you know... Those, we, are, those we, are lower budget. We know what well, they like, and they're lower budget, and they're fun. It's nice to see this is like this is them and there's a budget thrown at it and like I was even watching the opening sequence again today and to your point on Dungeons and Dragons I'm looking at stuff going there's no way they made an entire city celebrate New Year's and fire these fireworks off so this has got to be a degree of like limited set green screen behind it but it looks well even the way even the shots are yeah. kind of claustrophobic just in like a 15 foot area of like foreground action but it looks real it looks like there's a difference <laughs> you know there's a, like yeah. i know intellectually that that's most likely green screen beyond 10 feet behind them but it doesn't there's a lot of good way. location stuff in there as well though like, yeah there's a lot of location mm. shot and location um they love crashing through a window and jumping out it don't they i mean it's fun it is, yeah. It's fun. It, it, they've, it, does it happen three or four times in that movie? Some, uh, somebody goes fucking three, full yeah, body yeah. out a window. <laughs> it's good. Like They've done that it as well in their Marvel shit as well. What have they done post-Marvel? Like They did two Captain Americas, Infinity War, Endgame. They did a film with Tom Holland. I think that was about it. I think it was that and this. What's the Tom Holland one? Uh, Cherry. I don't know it. Wasn't well received. What, it, which is the sci-fi thing where he can read minds? Or everybody can read minds? Not that. That didn't go down well at all, did it? Like, that got buried no. or something. That's Chaos Walking or something. Daisley Ridley. Yeah. Though It's like two yeah. people, two next big things in a movie that nobody wants to release. That wasn't them. That was the guy who did... I'm blanking on his name. He's done Go, he's done Jumper, he's done... <sighs> Jumper. What else? He did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, Doug Lyman? Yeah. Okay. I take it back. I do like a chunk of Lyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that. I think they've only directed two, I think, since Endgame. And Grey Man being one of them. Mm. Cherry with Tom Holland being the other. What did you make of the structure of it? Like, Big flashback in the middle. Um, was there like there's some narrative jumping around? Odd choice, but it wasn't jarring. Yeah, you know, it worked. It it worked. Yeah, it uh, it didn't interrupt the flow. It gave kind of a new piece of information. Yeah, um, it wasn't like because there's other other films that do that and they make a big deal of it. Mm. And it's trying to any other film that would be the opening sequence. 
you know and then we then we co years later and you know we've we've already established a relationship with the the child i i i think it mostly worked because a lot of films do it and it's to try keep the audience on their toes you know it's mm-hmm. trying to never let you kind of get a firm footing but the information in there isn't big enough to warrant doing it and it's then doing it just for a stylistic choice and it makes a big thing out of it mm. you know whereas this was just here's something new because it, 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 it didn't make it it introduced it, it through sort of sideways flashbacks it tried to give us his history you know like the the relationship with the father how he saved his brother his relationship with Fitzroy's daughter, niece, 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 um, niece. I wonder if these are things that we get in, like, it's based on a book or a series of books. I'm actually sure it's based. It's definitely based on a book. I'm just wondering if, like, all okay. of that information is there in the book, or if it's like, you know, picking through a half dozen Jack Reacher novels to give us all the background. You know, um, I definitely thought about it in relation to that. You know, it's got a bit of Jason Bourne, a bit of John Wick, a bit of Jack Reacher, a bit of um, what else would you say? Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Billy Bob Thornton in a long time. Do you know what? Do you know what I was thinking as well? Immediately at like at the start is I think there's a cutoff point where you don't need to de-age someone. Yeah, I didn't think that. So they de-aged. <laughs> yeah, didn't need it. Didn't need like, it. I, like, doesn't matter what he looks like today. If it's 20 years apart, like there's some people, like if it was, yeah, there's, there's, there's some people that's like they need to age or they need to de-age. But it was like, I would have just accepted that. Just tied the hair. Bob Horton looked the same, yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. Exactly. Like, I noticed in that opening, yeah. like, yeah, his hair is dark and then his hair is grey and the rest of it. You could have got away with just dyeing the hair. You, you paid a lot of money to... Here's a question. Did they de-age Ryan Gosling at all? I don't think they did. If they did, they didn't need to. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Because you know? I guess the yeah, but... idea would be he's 20? Because it cuts to what, 18 years later? Um, 18 years later, yeah. So I guess, I'm assuming they've got him somewhere around 40, right? Yeah, he'd have to be like the um, if they were saying if they were saying he was thirties. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm watching I'm watching Better Call Saul at the moment, and when I watched a new episode last week, I didn't have a clue what was going on, so I went back to the start. <laughs> I was like, rather when I'm waiting for episodes, do you watch like season one to wrap up? Season one, yeah, to just kind of refresh um, what's going on. The time but on your the hands. Num- <laughs> Go on. It's on in the background. Okay, it's okay. not like I'm fucking glued to the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just picking up little bits. But the amount of times I've found myself... like So that's set a couple of years before the start of Breaking Bad. Right. And then within that, there's flashbacks to earlier points. And I can never tell how old Odenkirk is supposed to be at various points in it. Um, the only difference between him in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad 
is he's got a comb over now. His hairline has kind of receded more and he's got a comb over. He's got a going really long and he comes over. Whereas he actually has kind of, you know, hasn't thinned as much, hasn't receded as much. Okay. Better, better call Saul. But like it took me so long watching it the first time around to figure out that there was actually anything romantic between him and Kim because he just seems so much older than her. Shout out to Kim. And then and then there's points in, <laughs> there's points in the show then when it flashes back to like him and his brother. I was like, is this two years earlier or is this supposed to be 10 or 15 years earlier? And I, I can't tell. And that that's a show that could have done with some right. de-aging because we've got we've got Odenkirk today being older than he is in Breaking Bad, playing a version of himself that's younger in Better Call Saul and then younger again. Like right. that needs it. But in the film where it's, you know, Billy Bob Thornton looking like he does present day, it's not going to pull me out when I'm like, hey, this is 18 years later and he looks exactly the same. Didn't need it. Did you uh, separate to any... Well, I know we should stay on the Grey Man or we'll come back to the Grey Man. Did you see... Did you see... Do you have any interest? Are you going to play Stray? Um, I might. I, I probably will, but it's... um, It's a shorter game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like indie games anyway. It's a shorter game and it's forty five quid. Oof. And if it was getting rave reviews, mm-hmm. yeah. But I kind of feel like I know what I'm getting with it. Yeah. Right away. Yeah, I I, I, I saw a review of it and it kind of like it felt the way they described it. There's not really an action. There's not really an action button. You kind of just line yourself up to the right thing and then trigger the behavior you know so it's it it kind of feels on rails you know you get yourself to the point where it puts a prompt on screen then you press the button and the jump happens so then that kind of feels on rails and then i'm like what if it's a five hour thing i could probably just put a video on beside me and see somebody sort of like quick play it and get anything out of it in terms of the world you know yeah um yeah that and i'm not really into the I, I disconnect a little bit when it's the the cyberpunk thing with the robots. It's like if those were people and it was like a sort of Neo Tokyo kind of vibe and he mm. was walking in around that, I'd be a little more interested in it. Once the robots thing, yeah, involved, I, I was like, mm. I would prefer, I'd prefer to give me just like a little dense part of a small, a block of mm. a street or something and just let me get up to mischief as a cat in that mm-hmm. um, but have there be a wider variety of things I can interact with then and then ways for me to kind of find out that like oh I can't get into this shop here but if I come at this time in the morning then there's this kind of thing and just you know let you kind of like the Yakuza games but as a cat and even smaller even smaller block of the world I think there'd be more replayability in that as well if like you said if it wasn't if Jumping wasn't just contextual. Mm. If I could actually jump as the cat and yeah. climb and interact, if it was a bit more than like Breath of the Wild, where I can climb anything that I should be able to climb, yeah. as opposed to just walking to the ledge, jumping here, doing that here. Yeah, I want to be able to climb fences and jump on stuff and fall off stuff. Uh, untitled Goose Game, do you remember that? 
Yes. Yeah, like that's yeah. kind of what I got a sense of with the cat thing as well. But then they added the sort of backpack and villains you're shooting, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, like I, I think I would have liked this nicer slice of life wandering around a small area as a cat. Um, and I always think there's room for like a sequel to the Goose Game that is like Seagull Game, because like seagulls <laughs> in an environment like rather than on the ground, but like perching on lampposts. You know, I just need a street or two. Like I have walked up Abbey Street and seen seagulls sitting on lampposts, like fucking gargoyles waiting to swoop on whatever you have in your hand. Yeah. And I'm like, that would be a fun little game mechanic. Is like bopping about this little area, um, little coastal town. You get to fly out over the water, come back in. That'd be great. Steal people's food. I think there's a nice little. Thing. I just need a game dev company and decent art director and people that know what they're doing and. Uh, it's indie enough that it would make no money, but <laughs> I don't know. You're saying we should start a games company? I think we are, aren't we? Yeah, I think we so. We just need to hire the right people. I think we got it. Okay. Let's be entrepreneurial. Let's. Let's do it. Untitled Seagull Project. There's a... Um, there's a... Yeah, I mean, if you if you build a if you I know now I'm actually concepting this game. Like, if you build a fucking clock into it, so it gets to nighttime and it gets drunks outside, and you know, then we've got the cork option and it levels up and you can be a heron. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite moment in the Gray Man? Any highlights? Chris Evans was fun. That bit at the start when he takes out the other Sierra guy. And he's walking up behind the group and he's got the hairpin and he's got the, and he's just like improvising and he's picking up the different items, yeah. taking them out while the fireworks going off. That was cool. Um, the big set piece was pretty cool on the, like. The tram. It was good. Yeah, with the tram yeah. and the, the stuff in the square. Because I, I was thinking. I was pleasantly uh, surprised with that because like I, when I saw that in the trailer, I thought this looks ropey. Um, yeah, no, it was good. And I, I was thinking, it's funny, just even the night before I watched it, I was thinking, about, I don't know if you've heard the story about a projectionist in Sligo was fired. Do you hear about this? No. That So the headline, I, I, the first time I tried to read this, it was on the Irish Times and they wanted me to pay to read it. And I was like, fuck that. And then it popped up again, I think in The Independent, and I... Didn't get a chance to read all of it, but there is more to the story than the headline suggests, and I still haven't got the whole thing. But a projectionist, as the headline puts it, projectionist was fired for showing the wrong Matrix film, right? And then they appealed it, and they lost their appeal for unfair dismissal. So they showed the Matrix Reloaded instead of the Matrix. That what... There's more to the story. I think what they actually got fired for is they tried to cover it up and they deleted a bunch of files from, I don't know where the files are stored, but I imagine they've got digital versions of stuff and they can log when a film is shown and all this kind of stuff. Were they so not customers were very to, Oh, customers were complaining? Okay, go on. The cost, yeah, customers were very irate and angry, apparently, that about the fact that they were shown reloaded instead of the first Matrix film. Um, so I think they were fired more for the cover-up than the mistake itself. All this to say that um, fuck those customers. <laughs> Fucking Matrix Reloaded. That freeway chase 
uh, we have never nor will we ever see an extended action sequence like that again like i think anybody who really truly loves the matrix has to like reload it at least like I, I i don't get how you can if you would pay to see the matrix again in the cinema yeah you must like at least like i could understand if it was you know revolutions or resurrections or something you know um i could maybe understand a bit of that but fucking reloaded the, the freeway chase alone especially when, when we that sequence starts from the chateau fight scene Mm. which is one of the best and i'm putting that up up there with jackie chan and jet lee it is one of the best choreographed and shot fight scenes and it goes straight from that to the fight in the the parking garage and then to the freeway chase and we will never get something like what what that came out in 2003 2003 yeah like almost 20 years have passed and we have never ever gotten an action sequence on that scale well they built a fucking highway didn't they yeah even forgetting all that just 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 that much action action like that that's about 15 20 minute sequence and it's fucking excellent and it is it's bonkers comic book anime action for 20 minutes and fuck those people (laughs) for complaining (laughs) But um, I love that it's yeah, like this, this, it's, it's solidly twenty years since I met you, and you're still going on about the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, because it's that fucking good. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, the action scene, the main one in this, um, it wasn't as good as that, but I appreciated that it was an extended action set piece. Yeah, and uh, it was quite good. It was good, and I like I I liked it. I liked the the beat at the moment at the end when he came off the fucking tram onto the hood of the car. Where he just just that quiet moment, it's like, what is the word going to be? You know, what is he going to say? And he just gets in the car and goes, "Thanks." And they, like, I did expect to be fair. I did. Ex- I was hoping for ow, you know, because it would have been nice to just kind of throw away, acknowledge the fact that like he's not Captain America. He's not a He's not an yeah. enhanced individual, and he just leapt off a moving tram onto a moving car. Like, I fell off a gently rolling skateboard and broke a leg. You know, <laughs> you're not as nimble as God. This is true. We've covered my mobility issues. Graceful, I ain't. Um, uh, I really like the cast. Evans is good fun. Evans was good great fun. The, uh, yeah, he's so much fun as a. As a piece of shit. <laughs> well, he's always had good comic um, yep. timing, and, and he's had to play sincere for so long with the the Captain America character. You know, it's good to see him have a a little room to be this this guy. Like when I saw Sunshine, I was like, Evans is underrated. You know, like I enjoyed <laughs> the Fantastic Four movies. I enjoyed not another teen movie. I liked that stuff. But when I saw Sunshine, I was like. Oh, we're missing we're missing something with Evans here. Like he's pretty damn good, or he, you know he's got more to him. So I'm glad that since then he's had the room to to show us that. Um, I think he'd probably like a little more of that. Um, Post Captain America, you know, like he's got to play sincere, but it's still superhero. And I think the guy has some good worthy drama stuff in him. If you know what I mean. Uh, 
um, like that that branch of his career is coming. Um, I think it's coming anyway. Like, can you? Does he have anything like that in his? Well, he's like I said. I think me and Kev talked about the film Puncture um, that he did a couple of years back. That was quite good. Um, what was that? It's about. Uh, I think it was about like a civil case where. Oh yes, I do. To do with the hypodermic needles and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I do remember you telling me this. Um, yeah, so I I think he's he's got a little like post Marvel, like he's done a lot of very populist entertainment films throughout his career, and I think he's got this window coming. You know, we're going to see a little like Krasinski, even if it is genre stuff. You know, like getting to direct or lead or or you know. Yeah. Um, steer his own career a bit um, you know like as much as we want Krasinski in a Fantastic Four I think Krasinski is enjoying the sort of the the if not freedom but just the authority or the respectability or the the control that comes of leading his own stuff you know rather than being at the whim of some other director or writer or whatever you know like when you're when you're captaining your own ship, it's hard to give it over. I mean, Affleck built a lot of credibility post, you know, Daredevil and Benefer stuff with the films he was making, and he kind of stepped back into the the blockbuster fair with the Batman thing, and I don't think he's been happy with the result of that, you know? Um, that didn't go out well for him, unfortunately. No. Um, so you know, I think he'll be trying to. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I like, I like Affleck, but it is interesting to see that he's back in superhero fair and he's back with Jennifer Lopez. Like it's not what it was twenty years ago in terms of being a tabloid nightmare, but I'd like to see him hold on to that balance of his own creative freedom and be making things. You know, like. Um, I like seeing people get to do what they want to do or you know what I mean like whether or not I like everything he does or whatnot. it is kind of nice to see the guy in control of his career to some degree that's a very strange situation like with he's brought on as Batman hmm. for Batman v Superman yeah and he signs on for Justice League as well with the intention being that he does a solo Batman film that he's going to co-write and direct mm. and then the Justice League stuff is such a shit show <laughs> that he goes no <laughs> fuck this yeah um, well it's probably the sort of that's bizarre. The, the expected adherence to everything else that the Justice League is doing you know like he has his ideas of where he wants his Batman to go and somebody goes, I don't think so I, I, I think it's I think it's more just the drama surrounding the the production of that stuff it, it's bizarre to me that that Snyder had as much control over that post Man of Steel yeah post fucking um, sucker punch like do you remember that like they 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 pulled some of that back in 2011 after sucker punch came out they were like whoa okay we gave you the keys to the keys to the car here after you know 300 and Watchmen were well received but sucker punchers are like what the fuck was this let's sit on him a bit 
and and then Justice League was being shot to back to back with its sequel, and they were going, oh, no, 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 we never, we, we never said that, mm. we never said that. It's just one film, and uh, we'll see what happens. Mm. And then someone fucking pays a bunch of bots to <laughs> to demand a Snyder cut. What a weird situation. Zachary Zachary paid a bunch of bots. Well, we don't know if he did. No, we don't. Someone someone did. Do you think it was Putin? I mean I don't know. Putin's a big it's weird. Putin's a big Snyder fan. It's weird, but you know, he had such a he had such a horrible time after all that he got back with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Didn't he go out with Anna Darmus for a bit? Um yes. Yes. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? They did a film together and apparently they have Zero chemistry in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So when when I say didn't he go out with Anna Armas, uh, is it likely that that was just fucking publicist bullshit to help try and promote the movie? I mean, I imagine they were sleeping together, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Do you think we'll get another Grey Man movie? I think that is definitely what Netflix is aiming for with it. It has a streaming franchise written all over it. Now, whether the Russos and mm. Evans will be back, unlikely. Oh, Evans is dead. Spoilers. <clears throat> Nobody's dead. Uh, they never Evan, said he's Evans dead. Evans better be dead. He, of course he's not dead. If shit doesn't matter, then shit doesn't matter. It needs to matter. Shit doesn't shit doesn't matter. It needs to matter. It needs tomatoes. It doesn't matter. The only reason the only reason Joe Pantoliano wasn't back for the Matrix sequels was because he wanted too much money. If there's one thing we've learned from Jack Reacher, it's never go back. That was terrible. Isn't it? It's fucking frustrating. Yep. Just I I always think about this shot as well where it's like it's Washington or somewhere and they're just running across a park to a car somewhere and it's like quick let's go and they like start to jog and start to run and you can see Tom doing his thing and Kobe obviously took some sprinting on film pointers from Tom you know so Kobe Smulders is trying to do the Tom Cruise stiff arm run and I'm like oh god Kobe Smulders a name that just permanently sounds like a typo. Not a fan. I like her, and I liked, you know, how I met no, your she mother. Sucks. Huh? That sucks. <gasps> that sucks. And she sucks. That's very, very harsh of you. She would be in those films more for stuff other than continuity. If she Except she's not. Yeah. And she's not. Yeah, you actually are right. Like, we, there's no reason why we haven't seen much more Maria Hill. Yeah. It's just for that connectivity that yeah you know how how come how come there is she doesn't pop on screen she doesn't <laughs> she really doesn't <laughs> she shows up and is like oh it's her oh okay 
She doesn't exactly go, oh, yes, that Maria Hill. Uh, who's who's her husband? Taryn Killam, right? Um, it is Taryn Killam. I'm not sure. Because um, it's funny because I think of I think of Taryn Killam as not as good Jason Sudeikis. So Kobe Smulders becomes <laughs> not as good Olivia Wilde. <laughs> so they're they are the they are the Kim and Kanye to our Jay Z and Beyonce. Do you know what I mean? I have no idea what you're getting at. Exactly. Exactly. Cut all that? No. No. Because, you know, when when you eventually get better, we'll be able to look back and say, look how far along he's come. You'll get there. Will I? It'll come. It, it'll come. What else is on your on your list of things to talk about this week? Um, we talked Dungeons and Dragons. Is there anything else Comic-Con-y? I've seen nothing much announcement-wise yet. No. No. I saw... Andrew Lincoln was back for I don't know if it was for a panel or something um, a Walking Dead panel he came back to do that but he looks big and I'm wondering is he getting in shape for something or is he just in good shape mm. or maybe it was just the lighting he didn't even necessarily look big he was he had his arm out and his forearm looked looked strong but it could just be lighting. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Lincoln got kind of stuck in The Walking Dead a bit, you know? It can get hard to he get did. out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, Bernthal kind of got out in a season and has had a bigger career. Is that fair to say? Like, I saw somebody sort of going... I don't know if he's Bernthal had a bigger career, had. because, like, The Walking Dead was huge so I'm sure he had a nice payday that was like yeah it was one of the most watched shows yeah so regularly beating better shows um and he was the the lead so I'm sure he was doing fine but when you think about Took a bit of a break once like, he got got off and but after that you've got like Brenthal's in Ford v Ferrari that Punisher series Sicario um I, I, those small part in Sicario small part in Sicario but that's sort of on his way up really you know that's a while back now at this point um, I just I, I just think about the the run of films Berenthal's been in if, if they are small parts I guess the value that I'm putting on it is my own value judgment on on credibility and uh worthiness I guess Wolf of Wall Street Baby Driver King Richard The Accountant The Bear We Own This City Sharp Stick The Unforgivable The Many Saints in Newark The Premise Small Engine Repair Those Who Wish Me Dead Not Great Um, but he's getting around a bit you know yeah but that's not always a good thing yeah I would do less you would do less Widows. So if I go to Andrew Lincoln, though. Yeah, but Lincoln was in Walking Dead for 10 years. Mm. And then probably took a break because... Tired now. He could. And now he can come back. Hmm. 
Sorry, I, I really am just looking at this going, what the fuck is he in? Whole load of British shit. Holby, Love Actually, Teachers, Lie With Me. Where do we get to The Walking Dead? Strike Back. Red Nose Day, actually. Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead is 102 episodes? What? That can't be right. Uh, Walking Dead. Honestly, it doesn't have much post-Walking Dead. Yeah, no. He took a break. Mm. He, was, he was tied up in that for a long time. Yeah. Shouting Carl. I mean, it, it, not a bad thing, I guess. Um, anyway, he was back on stage for some reason. I don't think it's for any rule necessarily. Okay. I think it's just as an anniversary kind of. Here we were. Yeah. We first hit the stage ten. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear he's being cast in something then also soon. Yeah. Did you watch the Alpinist yet? No, not yet. You, we've, we we made a whole thing about it. I sent you a link. We made it, we made a whole we thing did. about how we were gonna you know you were gonna watch it because we mentioned it on the podcast. But it, it involves it involves coming over and sitting down here, downloading it, which I don't often. I don't often sit here. Can you make it? Can you stick it on a memory key or something, or put it on your telly that way? Yeah, no, but I'd have to download it. I'd have to come over here and. Hit the download button. Download it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do that while I talk to you? No. Okay. But I will do it. The, the the thing of it is this, right? We we mention it because somebody said that one of the lead characters or one of the characters and it reminded. Yeah, but I mentioned but, this. I mentioned it in the part that I said to cut. Oh no! But we. Yes, but and I'm not going to be specific here, but it was mentioned because someone, someone mentioned that a character in it reminded them of you yeah that's not enough of a reason to watch this movie it's barely a fucking thing you know what i mean like it's it's like the guy hyper fixates on a thing he wants to do that's the extent of it that's the extent of the comparison well for you and what i i i think i think that this person seeing it will that will have been the thing that uh, reminded them of you. Whether or not you see more in it yourself, um, I would say to watch it because it's an interesting film with great cinematography and a cool story about what a person did. But, um, you know, if you're trying to get some insight into your character based on what somebody saw, I wouldn't worry. (laughs) Oh, no. Um. Any plans for the coming weekend? Then let's let's jump out of this. It's Today a, it's a bank holiday weekend coming up. So this episode will be released on Monday. It's a bank holiday weekend. I'm coming down. I'm going to see you on the Thursday. We're around for a day. It's a bank holiday next weekend. Yes. Okay. Got it. You know that, right? I do now. Okay. August bank holiday. Um, I'm going to assume you you don't have anything particular planned. Nope. Okay, just because you just went, it's a bank holiday. Um, so um, I'm going to all together now. We talked about this a bit before. Going to pop down to Cork for a day. See you guys ahead of it. 
myself and Paddy. We're going to record a podcast episode, in theory, live in pub. We're doing our first live gig. Uh, live gig. Live event, live podcast. Um, we'll see how that goes. Audio quality may vary. Um, we've got some lavalier stuff. We can get some room buzz and remove noise, denoise. I don't know. Oh my god. <sighs> Have you had breakfast? Not really, no. Um, we're going to talk about Nope. Uh, nope. And we'll see what state of affairs the world is in in a week's time. Any closing thoughts, Brian? Nope. Nope. <laughs>